Open your Bibles, please, to James, the first chapter, the book of James, the first chapter. Last week, we began a new series on the epistle of James, written by James, the brother, or half-brother of Jesus. And the theme, as you can see from your worship bulletin, a faith that works. And one of the major themes of James is the fact that if we have faith, that that faith will work. Now, last week, we began by looking at the first four verses, and that message was all about joy when it's tough. Joy when it's tough. James said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Remember, written to Jewish believers scattered about the earth and fully applicable to us today. Brothers and sisters, count it pure joy. Put it in the joy column whenever you face trials. You will, when you face trials of many colors, variegated colors, of many types, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And as we persevere, we let perseverance finish its work so that God can do in us what He wants to do in the midst of those trials. Now, today we look at verses 5 to 8. Contextually, if I'm going to consider it pure joy when I face trials, and if I'm going to let perseverance finish its work, bringing me to completeness and maturity, as the Scripture says, that is, if I'm going to let God do what God wants to do in my life, then I need wisdom. I need wisdom. And so do you. Therefore, the message this morning, wisdom, what we desperately need. Stand with me and honor the reading of God's Word, verses 5 through 8 of the first chapter of James. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Pause. Is there anything in that verse that is muddled or unclear? Anything that we don't understand? In reality, and I don't want a thunderous amen when I say this, in reality, I could read that verse one more time, pronounce the benediction, and we could go home. It is as plain as plain can be. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Verse 6, but when you ask, You must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. You may be seated. We need the wisdom of God daily. We are able to ask daily 
for the wisdom of God. James did not word this text as if it were a once-in-a-lifetime request. Ask when you're 17 for wisdom and you've got it the rest of your life. That's not the way it's worded. In fact, it is literally worded, let him keep asking the constantly giving God. So the context is trials and their purpose. So we ask another question. Can you apply this text on wisdom to other aspects of life other than trials? And the answer is yes. There is nothing in the text that limits our asking at any time for any reason. We need the wisdom of God in the world of 2019. Christianity Today rocked the boats of a lot of folks this last week in their latest issue when they published an article based on uh, polls taken by Barna that said, and the headline was like a slap in the face, 50% of millennial Christians, and millennials are those born between 1981 and 1996, their 20s and 30s, 50% of millennial Christians believe evangelism is wrong. I thought I was reading incorrectly. I checked my glasses to be sure I had wiped them clean, and then I read the article. I thought as I read, well, maybe the question wasn't clear, so here was the question they asked. They made a statement and said, agree or disagree. It's wrong to share your personal beliefs with someone of a different faith, hoping that that person will ultimately share the same faith as you. 50% said, yes, that's wrong. We agree with that statement. Now, I might have worded it a little differently and got a little different results. Nevertheless, that is stunning. So we can lament and we can say, well, what's wrong with the younger generation? But that's the wrong approach. I'm convinced. The correct approach is to ask God for wisdom and how to address this in our own church. Now, you look at the news if you have the stomach for it, and you call out, God help us. We are not asking for wisdom to know right from wrong because the Bible and the Holy Spirit reveal that to us. We are calling out for wisdom to respond correctly to all that is happening in our world today. I think about the barbarians who have taken over the government in New York State and who have decreed that it is okay to kill babies even as they emerge from their mother's womb. My God in heaven, help us. What have we come to in these United States of America? Now, and they're not the only state considering it. So what do we do? Well, we can get on Facebook and we can lament. I I don't think that's sufficient. I don't think that accomplishes much of anything. 
I think there is a more appropriate response, and we need the wisdom of God to know what that is individually and collectively. So those are big issues, but what about in your life, your individual issues as you face the trials of life, or as you simply make important decisions from day to day? So let's begin this morning by defining wisdom, the definition of wisdom. It is not knowledge. It's not the accumulation of knowledge. If knowledge equals wisdom, then God is not needed. We can gain lots of knowledge without God. Just go to school, learn everything you can, and you'll be wise if your definition of wisdom is knowledge. Wisdom, however, is understanding for living, and biblical wisdom is understanding for living that encompasses that that encompasses more than earthly wisdom it is eternally practical it is the filling of the heart and the mind with what is needed for right conduct in life it is godly in its makeup so that we may in all things live lives of obedience to god now Let me read to you from Job in the 28th chapter of the book of Job, verse 12. Where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? It cannot be bought with the finest gold, nor can its price be weighed out in silver. The price of wisdom is beyond rubies. God understands the way to it, and He alone knows where it dwells. For he views the end of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. And he said to the human race, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to shun evil is understanding. Now, if you go to the book of Psalms, the 111th Psalm, David said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow His precepts have good understanding. To Him belongs eternal praise. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So, wisdom begins with a healthy reverence for God. And 1 Corinthians 1.30 tells us that wisdom is a gift from God. So you see that Paul, in writing to the church in Corinth, is saying the same thing that James said in writing to Jewish believers scattered around the Roman Empire. Wisdom is a gift from God. And when we ask for it, God will give it to us. Now, number two, the context of our need for wisdom. The context of James, as I've already stated, is the trials of life, the various trials of life. And the various trials 
that we experience as hard as they usually are provide us unique opportunities to grow in wisdom. Instead of getting angry and asking why me, which I've done a fair number of times, instead of getting angry and asking why me, we can learn to ask for wisdom and we know in advance from Scripture that He has promised to answer. The wisdom spoken of here in James and elsewhere is an ability to judge and evaluate sorrows and joy from God's viewpoint. What does comfort and pain mean? What does wealth and poverty mean on a divine level? God's wisdom makes Romans 8.28 a reality. And Romans 8.28 says, to remind you, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. The most important thing is not our comfort or that we be at ease. The most important thing is for us to be better men and women, more like Jesus, to be righteous and walk in holiness. We need God's wisdom to do that. I I cannot even begin without God's wisdom. An angry or exasperated person will do unwise things. Have you ever noticed Oh, my goodness. If I look back on the enormous list of errors and mistakes that I have made in my life, anger is probably the cause of at least 50% of them. An upset person will make foolish decisions. Human reason is not sufficient to what we need. When there is hurt, When there's disappointment, when there's discouragement, we need a special kind of wisdom in order to deal with it. And God says, I'm standing at the ready to give it to you. Just ask me. So that brings us to the third thing, the source of wisdom. The source of wisdom. His response to our request, God, give me wisdom. His response is, I'm so glad you asked. Here it comes. I'm so glad you asked. Here it comes. It's not by schooling. Schooling's good. But it's not by schooling. It's not even by experience, though experience is mostly good. It is, however, a gift of God. Wisdom is a gift of God. What a great God we have. He is a giving God. Over and over and over again. That brings us to the fourth thing, and that is the giving of wisdom. Notice carefully the text. First of all, he gives generously. He's not stingy. He's not holding back. He gives generously. I remember 
a few years ago when it was somebody's birthday in our family. I don't remember who. This is pre-grandkids, but post-marriage for our two children. So my wife and my son and his wife, my daughter and her husband, and the three males, um, we know how to eat. It's a sport, and we love it. So we go to a well-known restaurant. I'm not going to name the name, but it's in Bell County. But it's not in Belton. You just start guessing. Well-known restaurant. Very expensive. So I knew this was going to hurt the pocketbook, but I was so excited. I had heard that the food was absolutely fantastic. So we get there, look at the menu, blah, blah. It is expensive. Woo. It is expensive. So we order and, and my plate comes out first. Big platter. Piece of meat about, can you see that circle? <laughs> about that big. Enough vegetables to just give me the taste. So it's put in front of me and I'm just looking at it. I'm thinking, we don't have any children. We didn't order from the children's menu. How could this be? My son and my son-in-law are looking there with this smug look on their face. (laughs) Like, ha ha, dad, until their plate comes out and it's the same thing. And they look and we look at each other and we weren't happy. Well, I'm not naming the name, so don't ask me afterward. Suffice to say, we've never been back. That's not God. Our God is not a stingy God. Our God is not a miserly God. Our God is a giving God. And he says, if you want wisdom, ask me and I'll give it to you. That is amazing. That is Wonderful. He gives generously. Now notice what else about the way he gives. He gives to all. All who ask. It says that. To all who ask. God gives. Just like the scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He is a giving God and he gives to all who ask of his wisdom a generous man is a happy man because he is at that moment most like God when he's generous. So the giving of wisdom is generous to all who ask, and he gives without finding fault, the text tells us, without finding fault, without resentment, with no comebacks. Yeah, you're one of the dumbest people I've ever known. You need this. None of that. None of that. God loves us and he says, you want wisdom? Ask me. I'll give it to you. I'll give generously. I'll give to all who ask and I'll give without finding fault. He won't even say, why did it take you so long? He'll just respond. Jesus speaks to us through the words of his half-brother inspired by the Holy Spirit, we are reminded 
of what we should already know about God, and that is he is a giving God. Now, that brings us to the last thing, the asking for wisdom. Two things are important in the asking for wisdom. Faith is required. That's what he says. Faith is required. Believe, do not doubt. Believe, do not doubt. Now, how often do we ask God for something while thinking he won't do it? James says, don't, don't ask like that. Faith is required. Believe. And do not waver. Don't be like a wave. Anybody ever been seasick? I bet you remember it, don't you? You, you think about the waves, you, you're going up, up. I don't want to cause you to rethink that too much this morning, but go up, 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 and down, 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 and then, oh my goodness. James says, don't, don't be like the waves going up and then down and up and then down. Don't do that. And don't be facing in two different directions. He literally says here, don't be a two-faced. I'm looking this way and I'm looking this way. Don't do it. Look at God, but don't look the other way. Now, are we perfect? No. <laughs> no, we're not. And we struggle. And remember in the story in Mark chapter 9 where Jesus is going to heal the, the boy with an impure spirit and his parents are there and his dad says, if you, if you can do something, would you do it? And Jesus says, if, if, of course I can do something. And, and the man, and the, and he says, everything's possible for one who believes. And the father says, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Now that's where we are a lot of the time. I do believe, help my unbelief. God will do it. God will do it. Ask in faith. Do not waver. The testing of our lives makes it possible for us to become immensely wise in the Lord. Never cease to be impressed at the prayer I read a few moments ago. Solomon, when God said, what do you want? Solomon said, wisdom. God gave it to him. Do the same with us. Now, I'm going to close by reading from Proverbs chapter 9. So listen, Proverbs chapter 9. The writer personifies wisdom. Here's what he said. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. It's strong. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants and through them she calls from the highest point of the city. Listen. Let all who are simple come to my house. Now, some of you just said, oh, wait a minute. I resemble, I, I mean, I resent that. I'm not simple. Don't, don't get upset. Understand this is an applicable description to every person in this room. Humble yourself before God. To those who are simple, come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways 
and you will live and walk in the way of insight. I can read that and I can get upset and say, how dare he call me one who has no sense and one who's simple. Wait a minute. Don't you think it's time to humble yourself before God and say, I understand I lack the wisdom that I need. So I humble myself before you today and I ask for wisdom. And tomorrow, as I face the trials of life or the decisions of life, I will once again call out and say, Lord, I don't have the wisdom I need. I need your wisdom. I call out to you and I say, Lord, please give me your wisdom. And his response is, I'm so glad you asked. It's on the way. Would you bow with me, please, for prayer? In a moment, we're going to stand, and Brother Gary will lead us in our invitation hymn. Talked about wisdom this morning. The wisdom that a believer can have by asking God for it. But I wonder how many there are in this room this morning who've never invited Jesus into your life. You've not asked Him to forgive you of your sins and to come into your heart and be your Savior and Lord. That's the greatest need of your life this morning. And so in a moment when we stand and begin to sing, to invite Christ into your life, please come, place your hand in mine. Just simply say, Pastor, I need Jesus and a member of our staff will be here to pray with you and to share God's Word with you. Father, thank you for the great promise of your wisdom. We need it. And now I pray, Father, that someone in this room, sensing the tug of the Holy Spirit at his or her heart, will come trusting Jesus as Savior and Lord, in whose name I pray. Amen. God speaks to your heart. You come as we stand and sing.